Unfocused Summaries Before I dive into my commentary, I wanted to say for the record, just in case it's necessary, don't skip the focus summary, even if the story stands fresh in your mind and seemed easy to take in. A lot of my commentary is built into these summaries. The very act of condensing the story forces me to find the themes within the details. It requires me to identify abstractions to which the particulars add up. You can only really effectively essentialize something by finding the one in the many. My instinctive name for these condensations was Focus Summaries, because one of my goals for them is that they capture what an active-minded reader would retain after reading. If, as you read, you are paying attention and thinking and integrating, you will conceptualize the symbolic suggestions and traits of character and dramatic turns that the author wants you to notice and to comprehend. So, if by chance you skip the summary, go back and listen to it, or read it, now. Because I want to illustrate what I mean, using this week's focus summary as an example. Here are examples of a few things I drew out in my description, things that aren't literally and explicitly on the page, but that a thoughtful reader is meant to understand. First, I indicated the way in which the dress, in want of mending, symbolizes Nora's life coming apart at the seams. Like her dress, the picture-perfect scene upon which the play opened is becoming unraveled, and Nora is desperate that it be restored to proper order. I emphasized Christine Lynn's unwitting inspiration of the idea that Nora borrow the money from Dr. Rank. This was conveyed only by the subtle transition, which a good actress would make much more transparent, from Nora's indignation at the idea to her sentences that trail off. Although, I am quite sure that if I had asked him... I made the observation that Torvald is more concerned with his reputation than he is about reality. He could forgive Krogstad's moral failings. What he couldn't forgive is anything that tarnished his own image in other people's eyes. I highlighted Nora's subtle transition from submissive little Skylark to self-assertiveness when she calls Torvald's comments narrow-minded. If we aren't paying close attention, the magnitude of that moment could be easily overlooked. I brought out the way in which the Tarantellocene both suits the situation symbolically, with Nora frantically trying to rid herself of poison, and dramatically, with the frenzied action on stage making visible Nora's internal state and the desperation to which she has been driven. And I made transparent what was really going on between Nora and Dr. Rank. But that's a scene worth dwelling upon, so I will in another post. Perhaps you don't need me at all, and you make all these connections and observations on your own. If so, I think there can still be a pleasure to them, in, for example, communing with another mind that sees what you see, or revisiting what matters most, or priming your mind for the analysis to come. And of course, sometimes my observations will be wrong. I hope that's fairly rare, but I hope there's value even then, because it forces you to sharpen your own understanding in the light of my mistake. Ultimately, I hope these focus summaries will help you become a more instinctively active reader, because what takes conscientious work at first becomes automatic with practice. We can develop a muscle memory for the discovery of meaning. <laughs>